When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. It is a couple of minutes after 6 o'clock, Wednesday the 23rd of September. My name's Jack Heffern. It's a great day to be alive. Good to be with you. As always, a lot to work through during this hour and a lot to catch up on from across the day. But we always start with the hot topic and your calls. one 736 736 to join me on the phone this hour. You can also join me on the temper text as well. 1116. I want to start by talking about Port Adelaide. As I say, I'll share a little bit of what Ken Hinckley had to say after their win on Monday, but I still just get the sense that not everyone's buying into them. And considering the amount of footy that we've all watched this year, you don't have to be a Port supporter to get involved in this one. I just want your general views. As we sit a week away from finals starting, this time next Thursday it all kicks off, and they are the ones that kick off the final series. Are you buying into Port Adelaide? as a premiership winner in 2020. one 736 736 on the phone. 433 on the text. That's how I want to start the show tonight with the hot topic, and we'll get stuck into your calls and your text in just a moment. But a bit to work through from today. We'll start with re-signing news for both Carlton and the Giants. Sam Doherty re-signs at the Blues until the end of 2023, which is fantastic news for him and great news for the Blues. I thought he made a big difference in his return to Carlton this year after consecutive knee reconstructions. Just some a sensible brain down back, good user of the footy, smart decision maker, uh, and will absolutely be part of Carlton's team and their push towards finals from next year and beyond. Harry Perryman, the same at the Giants. Well, they're, they're a real watch this space again during the trade period, the Giants. I know they don't like it. I know that any time you... You talk about the Giants leaving and players leaving the club, they can sometimes get a bit prickly. And I saw someone was let loose with their Twitter account yesterday and uh, and was having a crack at a couple about players leaving the club. But um, this is a good one for them. They've lost Zach Williams. They've lost Aidan Core, Jeremy Cameron very much up in the air, but this is a good one for them. Harry Perryman has re-signed until 2022. I really like the way that he's progressing as a footballer and uh, he's going to be a long-term part of their plans as well. On the Giants... Stevie J will head back to the Giants in 2021, has been at the Swans for the last couple of years as an assistant coach, but was with the Giants as a player and then transitioned into a coaching role before that. So he heads back, one retirement. We're getting a lot this time of year, but just the one today, Ricky Henderson uh, has retired after 159 games at Adelaide and Hawthorne. A great career, and for how little he cost, the listed free agent for Hawthorne, Fantastic for them last year. Unfortunately, this year with knee injuries and uh, his body couldn't get to where he wanted it to be. But 
at his prime for the Hawks last year, a really, really important player. Uh, at Melbourne, both of the Wagner brothers have been delisted. And I must admit, I was surprised to see Kyle Dunkley delisted today from the Demons. Everyone's got a clear list space this time of year, not only to bring players in through the draft and through trade, but we actually don't know what it looks like next year. And we still don't know, which is really, really surprising to think that um, for 10 teams, their year is over and they now are absolutely in full off-season mode of draft and trade and they don't know how many players they can have on their list next year. It's got to be sorted out and it has to be sorted out soon. So the Demons clearing some space uh, and good luck to both of the Wagner brothers and Kyle Dunkley, who will no doubt be pursuing further opportunities. I'd be pretty surprised if... No one had a nibble at Kyle Dunkley. I think someone will rookie list him next year. In the NBA, Denver win today, 106-99 to over the Lakers. Jamal Murray, superb. 28 points, 8 rebounds, and 12 assists. And Denver are now on the board. That series is at 2-1. And what we've learned from Denver twice in the NBA playoffs already is that they can come from 3-1 down and win. So don't rule them out at all. Uh, In rugby union, this is quite a serious story from today as far as the sport is concerned. Qantas have ceased a 30-year partnership with the Wallabies. Um, Both of our airline carriers or the major airline carriers in Qantas and Virgin are in serious financial trouble for obvious reasons. No one can fly anywhere at the moment. Uh, And that will continue for years to come. And Qantas are pretty open and pretty upfront in saying that they need to save some money and that this partnership is one that they simply can't afford going forward. It's also one that Rugby Union can't afford going forward as well. There's um, the Super Rugby competition very much up in the air and to lose a, a sponsor of that nature for their national team really, really hurts. And to cricket, last night on the show, we spoke about Stephen Smith and that he was cleared to play after concussion issues. He played for Rajasthan last night in his first IPL game of the season and made 69 as an opener. And I've got to say, I caught a little bit of this game. I like the look of Steve Smith as an opener in 2020 cricket. The problem is he can't get a look at it here in Australia because we've got Aaron Finch and David Warner as locked on openers. And then he's batted a bit at three, he's batted a bit at four. Some believe that he should be a closer in short form cricket. Gee, he he was a... Really, really interesting case to watch as an opener last night. And I think Rajasthan are going to stick with him in that role. And and for them, long may it continue. Just gave the Australian selectors a little something to think about as well. But good to see him back out there. Couldn't play any role uh, in the one-day international series because of concussion symptoms. Um, So good to see him uh, making a contribution and back out there playing good cricket. Mitch Marsh injured with an ankle. We should find out more in the next day or two about how serious that is. So there's a bit of a catch-up on what's gone on from across the day. But let's start tonight with the power. Now, their numbers stack up really, really well. They finish on top. Three losses for the season only. Second in the competition for points for. First in the competition for points against. They've won their last five. And here are some of their other numbers. First in the competition for tackles, clearances, and contested balls. So we get a pretty clear idea about the way they like to play their game. They attack in close, they win it at the coalface, and then they spread from there. Number three in the competition for disposals, number three for inside 50s. They've got a player in Travis Boak who, if he doesn't win the Brownlow, will probably come second to Lockie Neal. But I reckon he'll put a lot more pressure on Lockie Neal than, than what some are suggesting. I don't think he'll be the runaway winner um, that all of the markets and some have even paid out on, on Lockie Neal. I don't think it'll be that one way. But still, in amongst all of this, uh, and I did their game Monday night for AFL Nation against Collingwood, which I thought they played a really, really good game and twice weathered storms from Collingwood. 
I still don't feel like they are being taken as the team who finished top of the table. Ordinarily, a team would finish top with the numbers they have and you would say, gee, they're going to be hard to beat. But I get the sense that most believe that it's Geelong and Richmond as the two main contenders. So with that in mind, where have you got Port Adelaide? Tell me that. Tell me either way. Do you think Port Adelaide can win the premiership? It's a pretty straightforward and pretty basic question. And some might say, well, of course they can. They finish top of the table. But the reason I bring that up tonight is because, as I say, I watch the temper text on this show each night, listen to callers, not just on this show, but across the day, and I still reckon there are a lot that aren't convinced about Port Adelaide. So you tell me, as someone who's watched a lot of footy this year, you tell me, are you sold on Port Adelaide? Are you convinced? Do you believe that they can or will win the premiership? one three hundred seven three six seven three six, Or go the other way, tell me why you think they can't win it. That's what I'm interested to hear. Because for those who say, oh, no, I don't think Port Adelaide can win it. I think it's Richmond and, and Geelong is the best too. But tell me why Port Adelaide can't win the premiership if you don't think they can. It's our hot topic for tonight. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the phone or 0433981116 on the text. Let's start with Ken Hinckley, who spoke after Monday night's game about whether or not they should be given more credit. Do you feel in a sense that no one's acknowledged that you guys are genuine premiership threats? I mean, there's been a lot of discussion in the public domain about Geelong and uh, obviously Richmond. You've been, do you feel like you've flown below the radar in that regard? No, no, I don't, I don't think that. Some, I said something a couple of weeks ago and it seemed to be taken a little bit the wrong way, I think, from people. And um, all I said was that, you know, it feels like we've been fifth all year, but the teams who have been great teams for a long period of time, and we talk about um, Richmond and Geelong and, and Brisbane even last year finished second, West Coast, all those teams who have been up there, they, they deserve because that's what you're getting for. You have to work really hard to, to change the narrative and right now we're working really hard to try and change the narrative. We want to be one of them teams that people certainly respect. We're going to talk about them more across the hour with Daryl Wakelin as well, but they're a hot topic, as I mentioned. one 736 on the phone, 433 on the text. If you think they can win it, tell me why and tell me why they perhaps aren't being taken seriously or if you don't think that they can win the premiership, Tell me why as well. We start with John in Greensboro tonight. John, thanks for your call. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Yeah, look, my opinion is they're definitely the real deal. Very, very good side. They won the home and away season, and it shouldn't... Don't insult them by telling that they won the minor premiership um, because I think it's worth more than that. But, look, definitely they can win it, but they can also lose it because of luck. And some side could actually get a little bit of momentum went three or four in a row, just like it's happened with the Doggies and it's happened with Adelaide previously and other teams. So unfortunately, the best team doesn't always win the premiership. And that's why I think the home and away season should be worth more. So for my for my sake, regardless of whether they win the premiership or not, they've been the best side this season, without a doubt. That's a good take, John. Appreciate your call. And the minor premiership, some say that it doesn't mean a lot. Sometimes players even say, oh, well, it, it doesn't really mean a great deal. Um, but I reckon to, to a lot it does. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. Mark, what have you made of Port Adelaide's season? Jack, they're a conundrum, my friend. They're a conundrum. Yes. I, I tell you what, the, the cards have fallen correctly for them and they've capitalised. They've been... I think very lucky in a lot of ways. 
They've had no injuries, but the fixture. They've got all the right teams at the right time of the year. Like, they played West Coast in Brisbane early, up at the hub there, and West Coast weren't were grumpy about being there. They just didn't want to be there. They got Collingwood at the end of the year when they had injuries and they just got players coming back from injuries. They got Richmond when they had a little bit of turmoil. They got all the teams at the right time of the year, pretty much. It all fell into place. Plus, they had home ground advantage and they got home games as well, which was a bonus. Pretty much everything's fallen into line for Port for this perfect outcome for the being on top. So that's why they're a conundrum. And... Yeah, so what happens they, next, Mark, in your mind? Because now all of those factors, and, and some of them I agree with, but they they now, I mean, they're, they're, they're one of eight, aren't they? So what do you think happens next? I think they'll be challenged. I really do. Um, I think Geelong will be a real challenge for them. It's, I, I think... They are a conundrum. That's actually the best word I could use to describe them, Mark. Thank you. You've, you've actually nailed it. They are a conundrum, for sure. And... I reckon I'm just sitting here watching the text roll through as, and we're past 100 already. We've been on air for 13 minutes. We're past 100. Porter, a topical one, and they are a conundrum, Mark, exactly as you say. I reckon about 60% at this stage as suggesting that they are the real deal. They should be taken seriously. Like this one, Michael says uh, Port Adelaide must be considered a serious chance after they beat Collingwood in Queensland. Um, this one from Dean, though, conversely. I'm not convinced about Port Adelaide until they beat their demons in Geelong. Their tormentor of 2007 and a few weeks ago, if they beat them, then yes, I will believe that they can win. There is the the other side to the argument as well with Port Adelaide, which has come through off the text, and that's the fact that who have they not beaten? So their losses this year have been to Brisbane, St Kilda and Geelong. Now, everyone's sort of lost to everyone at some stage this year, and, and I hear what Mark's saying about the season lining up perfectly for them. Um, the win against Richmond was the one. That was that was the one, in my view, that uh, that really franked them. And I'll admit, I was really slow off the mark with them at the start of the year, and I was happy to sit back and just watch and see what happened. Um, but the win against Richmond in round 11, and yes, I know what Mark's saying, that Richmond had a bit on their plate, but once you cross the line, it, it should matter, and it doesn't matter. Um, that was the one that really made me stand up and, and take a bit of notice. one 736 736 Port Adelaide, our hot topic tonight. Where have you got them? They finished the season on top of the table, but yet there still seems to be a chorus of supporters and footy fans who haven't got them as being the top team right now. Nick's in Strathmore. G'day, Nick. Yeah, g'day. How are you? Good. For all the, re- for all the reasons that Mark said, they should be favourites. But there's just something about them. And like, like you said, when they beat Richmond, Richmond just weren't, they weren't loving hub life. There was a lot of things going on. I'm a Richmond supporter, obviously, but I don't think they've got the mongrel that Richmond, Geelong have got. And I think that's where the difference is. So uh, quick, They're a quick team, but when it comes to the scrap and all that in the end, I don't think they've got it. And I think the finals are going to be a, a really hard slog. So, Nick, just to counter that, you say that they haven't got the, the toughness and the mongrel. All of their numbers where they've been top of the competition this year have been contested and, and in tight. So, But you haven't seen enough of them in that part of the, the ground? No, I don't, see, I don't see that in them. I, I see maybe they, maybe they got... I don't know, maybe I look at it differently, but I, I don't see the same sort of mongrel as Geelong. I'm a Richmond supporter and yep. I really worry about Geelong because they are just brutal. 
And I, I don't care what anyone says, Dangerfield's still probably one of the best players in the league. Yeah, he, he's another subject for another night, Nick. I, I agree with you. I, I'm still every time I see the negative commentary around Patrick Dangerfield, I think you've you've absolutely you've got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jack and Gaz, do me a favour, please stay there. Uh, I need to get to you on the other side of this, and I absolutely will. But news coming through via Sam McClure from Sports Day Radio and Fairfax Media that Ben Brown has been told by North Melbourne to look for a new home. So that is breaking as we speak right now. Uh, Sam McClure reporting. It's his understanding that Ben Brown has been told to find a new home in 2021. The offer that was rejected pre-season of a three-year big money deal has been rescinded, and Sam can't see this one being resolved. And you kind of got the sense that that's the way that it was going. Um, now it does start to get very, very interesting. North Melbourne have already moved on 11 players. They've got a few more that have been told they'll have to wait until the end of the trade period to see what it all looks like. Plus, there could be another couple of trades that come as well. So as we head to the break, Sam McClure reporting that Ben Brown will be on the move and has been told to find a new home for 2020. More on Port Adelaide, more of your thoughts on them. On the other side of this, it's time on on SEN. Time on with Jack Everett. Good to have your company on time on. one 736 736 is how you can join me on the phone. You can also find me on the text 0433 98 16. Daryl Wakeland to join me a little bit later on this hour. I had a feeling that flagging Port Adelaide as our hot topic tonight would divide, and it has done exactly that. That is what we are discussing. Where have you got Port Adelaide who finished the season as minor premiers yet for whatever reason, still haven't quite got the love and the support from or the belief from footy fans. They are a fascinating case. If you'd like to get involved, one 736 736 or 433 on the text. Just repeating the news from before the break, Sam McClure from Fairfax Media and Sports Day uh, reporting that Ben Brown has been told that he will need to look elsewhere, relocate, and find a new home in 2020. On Ben Brown, got plenty of time for your calls, obviously. Uh, he's now available. If you want him at your club, tell me who you support and tell me why you want him at your club. one 736 736 We'll talk Ben Brown and we'll continue talking Port Adelaide. Jack's in Tasmania. Good evening to you, Jack. Thanks for holding on. No worries. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I think the biggest issue with Port Adelaide is that the big three contenders, Richmond, uh, Geelong and Brisbane, they had a great win against Richmond, but it was at Adelaide Oval. I mean, the grand final was not played at Adelaide Oval. They come up against Brisbane. If I remember right, at the Gabba, Brisbane got hold of them in the end. And uh, we all remember what happened a couple of weeks ago when the Tomahawk single-handedly dominated them. That, I mean, we'd be talking about Port Adelaide differently if they, you know, had won two out of those three, or you know, if they'd won all three, they'd be the talk of the town. And mm. and also. On Ben Brown, um, I'm a Bombers supporter. I'd be throwing the kids in sink at him. Before before this year, you know, nobody kicked more goals in the last three years. And if somehow the Bombers can keep Danaher, I think Danaher, you know, the highest in our forward with Brown playing out the goal square, I think that's a pretty potent forward line, really. You know, throw in Stringer and, and Tipper Woody and, and, you know, those fellas. I, I, 
I'd be mad. I'd be furious if Essendon wasn't looking at Ben Brown. Jack, what's your um as a as a Don supporter? What's your gut feel on Joe Danaher? What's he going to do? Well, he's become incredibly frustrating. How he's prolonging the the events. I mean, surely he knows what he's doing. Like, you know, Essendon couldn't have done any more to keep him. You know, the talk of a good offer. You know, they've got him back playing. You know, he had his one good game against Hawthorne. He's almost holding the club to ransom now. Like, you know, Essen probably want to approach Ben Brown and Jeremy Cameron and these blokes, but a lot a lot hinges on Joe Danaher, and whilst he's being so undecisive, it's, it's got to be just seriously frustrating for all involved. It's decision time, isn't it? Jack, appreciate your call. Uh, I know and we did our pregame on Monday night for Collingwood and Port Adelaide, ironically, and Terry Wallace said that you know, he's happy to give them some time, and... He's the one that's been in that position before, so I respect that. I reckon the clock is ticking, and I reckon Joe would well and truly know by now, one way or the other, what he was doing. If he's still indecisive now, I'd be really surprised. I don't know. I'm only guessing. Let's face it, we're all guessing. I'd be surprised if he was still indecisive at this point. So if he's got a decision, let's have it for for the sake of Essendon, for the sake of those who are trying to recruit him. And as you say, the Bombers have got some decisions to make, and they may feel that a brown down her forward line may be too tall, too top-heavy and may not have enough pressure, but they may be happy to pursue Brown if they know Danaher's not going. So, big game of snakes and ladders, this one. Gaz is on the road. Gaz, thanks for hanging on. Hey, Jack, how are you? I'm good. What are you making of Port Adelaide? Good, good, good mate. Um, I've got a few points, and I'm a Port Adelaide Victorian Foundation member. Okay. So, the loyalty's there. Um some comments floating around about the season fell into our lap. I, I don't wear that. That's incorrect. I mean, we, we were in the hub for seven weeks and, you know, we've played in Queensland 11 times this year too. So yep. that's not all at home. Um, the difference this year to last year, and you've probably noted this, we're a lot more mature now in, the, in as much as if we, if, if last year, if Collingwood did what they did to us and a few teams did what they did to us this year, we would have folded. We wouldn't have made that, you know, a, a way to counter. We, we we seem to, when we get challenged, we we can switch the play now. It's a lot more mature. The team's a lot more mature. Um, we have struggled this year against talls, forward talls. So Geelong, we struggled against Carlton. That was a kick after the siren. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. We struggled, we struggled against Brisbane. What have they all got? They've got tall forwards. Whilst our back line... Is, is quite good. I think we, we will still struggle. I think I think we'll play Geelong twice in the finals, and I think one of them will probably, you know, be the grand final. But I think we'll struggle against Geelong. But I'll also put this question to you. Mm. Everyone's saying, oh, how Geelong belted Port. Geelong's lost to a couple of also-rans this year as well. So the grand final is whatever happens on the day. It could be raining, umpire call, injury... The grand final's 50-50 sometimes, but I think I think Geelong is the one to beat. Yeah, That's th- my th- take. they're an interesting one. And, and as next week gets a bit closer, Gaz, I, I do want to touch on this show about the, the team that you do think is the one to beat. Um, there's definite improvement. There's definite uh, maturity within this Port Adelaide group. I, I agree with you. There were games last year where they would fold. Uh, and they would roll over and they would simply just say, okay, well, today's not our day. Whereas 
You don't see that. The interesting thing, you know, and I had this written down. I did all these numbers this morning on Port Adelaide. The one that I haven't flagged yet is that when they lose, they lose. So their average winning margin is 31. Their average losing margin, albeit they've only lost three games, but their average losing mar- losing margin is 42 points. They lost by 60 to Geelong. They lost by 37 to Brisbane, and they lost by 29 to St Kilda. So coming into finals, that is one thing that you can look at, is that they don't generally have too many close games. They had the three-point win over Carlton, the 10-point win over Hawthorne. They had to scrap against the Bulldogs, and even Collingwood, they scrapped. But they've blown a lot of teams out, and they've had a lot of games under their control early. They're not going to get that in finals. They are a 50-50 case. They really, really are. one 736 If you've got some late thoughts on Port Adelaide, um, the news, as I mentioned, uh, of Ben Brown, we will get to in greater detail in just a moment. But I want to round off a few of these texts because we've got a stack of them on Port Adelaide. Thomas in Vermont, who's 12. Good on you, Tom. Says, I feel like Port can definitely not win the premiership. Geelong and Richmond are the superior teams. They both have premiership-worthy pieces, and I feel like Port just don't. So Robbie Gray's a premiership-worthy piece. Charlie Dixon, in his prime, is a premiership-winning piece. Uh, and their midfield via Travis Boak in particular, uh, they've got some premiership winners there as well. They've got some game winners, and some of those blokes I've mentioned have won games for them. Uh, this one, as a Richmond supporter, I prefer to play Brisbane in the first final at Brisbane rather than Port Adelaide in front of their home crowd. Uh, it's scary. Go Tigers. That, that's going to be a factor. They get two games at home, Port Adelaide, two finals guaranteed. And it will be in front of a very, very vocal home crowd. That's a factor for sure. Uh, I'm a Richmond supporter and Port were incredible when they beat us this year. If they can play like that again, they are every chance to beat us in the finals, but I'm not sure they can. All their young kids absolutely fired that day. And I think uh, history says that kids struggle to play that well later in the season and in finals. Um, this one, Simple Jack, they haven't beaten any of the other top four teams and they lost to the Saints. Yeah, we spoke about that earlier in the hour, that there are some that aren't convinced because of that. Um, no, Port just won the home and away season. Finals is a new season and Brisbane found that out last year. Uh, Port Adelaide played out of their skin and only just beat a highly undermanned Richmond team, missing seven premiership players. That changed your mind on Port. Come on. What is it about when you talk about Richmond with some supporters that wasn't even speaking negatively about Richmond? All I said was that their win over Richmond on that night was enough to convince me they could get it done. I understand you still had seven out, but at the same time, it's been one of Richmond's greatest strengths this year. You've had six or seven out for most of the year, and you're still where you are. That's a compliment. It's a positive. And Port Adelaide won that game. So from that respect, Port Adelaide earned my respect after that night. Richmond were under, man. It wasn't a slide at Richmond. It was a positive about Port Adelaide. Just calm your farm. Tyson says, against Richmond, they fell over the line. Here we go again. And they got that dubious 50. Richmond had a few players out too, and that's from a Collingwood supporter. Uh, And this one, Port, to go out in straight sets. They have divided the temper text. They really have. 0433981116. You can send me your thoughts about Port Adelaide on the temper text and 1300-736-736. Did mention that the news that has been uh, broken in the last 15 minutes or so is that Ben Brown now officially has been told that he will need to find a new home in 2021. It's been rumoured, it's been suggested. I reckon a lot of us thought that he and the club would go in a different direction, but Sam McClure now reporting that it will happen and that Ben Brown will be elsewhere. So with that in mind... 
Ben Brown's up for grabs. one 736 Do you want him at your club? Tell me your club and tell me why you want him. Be interested to see what sort of response we get on this one. Scott's in Sandringham. G'day, Scotty. Scott, are you with us? Yeah, how are you, Jack? Good. Come on in, mate. Mate, um, I'm a Melbourne supporter, um, and I'm in two minds on Ben Brown. I can sort of see the upside with a guy who's kicked, what, 60-odd goals for the last uh, three or four years. The only concern I've got is around his, his haircut and the influence <laughs> we've had the Melbourne Footy Club. We've already got... We've already got uh, Luke Jackson sporting a questionable do. So, now, but jokes aside, jokes aside, I'm sort of in two minds. I'm a bit, bit interested to get your take. Well, Scott, my, my big question, and I'll sort of bounce it back with you, my big question is, is the future of the forward line Luke Jackson and Sam Wiedemann? Because if you think it is, then I don't think Ben Brown getting in the way, if I want to use that term, is probably the right thing. Yeah. If, if Luke Jackson was going to be a, a ruckman and have a Rowan Marshall-type role, then maybe, but you've got one of the best ruckmen in the competition there already. My initial thought on Melbourne, Scott, is that he, he's probably not the right fit for you. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I think he's. I think he'd be, um, I suppose, a big, a big bloke that would be a get-out kick for us. We're probably lacking at the moment with Tom McDonald uh, not looking likely, so mm. it's probably a good thing that he's moving on. But, yeah, my my, my concern with Wiedemann is that he looks like he's the perfect sort of third tall, almost like a, a Jack Gunston type. Um, but, and and Jack, uh, Jackson's young, so he's unproven. I'm just thinking that he could he could go one of two ways with the with Yeah, the I, I mean, and the reason I say that, Scott, and appreciate your call, the, re- the reason I say that is because we've, had a pretty good look this year at Melbourne with three talls, and it hasn't worked. Now, you can get into the debate about whether Ben Brown's a a better player than Tom McDonald. I I certainly think uh, that he is. But having seen the three-tall set up at Melbourne, it doesn't seem to work. Um, It seems to be a Jackson and Wiedemann set up with a couple of mids, a Bailey Fritch type, Petrarca when he goes forward, and then Cosie Pickett and, and maybe another small forward around that. So... Melbourne, to me, don't seem the right fit. There are a couple, though, that I want to talk about on the other side of this that I really do think could be a good fit for Ben Brown. Would you love him at your club? one 736 736 to join me. We'll talk more about that. Luke, stay there. We'll get to your call about Joe Danaher and Daryl Wakelin to join me a little bit later on this hour. It's Time On on SEN. On SEN, your home of sport. It's Time On with Jack Heverin. Great to have your company on time on one 736 And on the temper text, 433 to join me. We're talking Ben Brown. We started the hour by talking Port Adelaide, and we will finish the hour by talking Port Adelaide. Daryl Wakelin to join me before the end of the show. But Ben Brown now available. It's been mooted. It was discussed. It was rumoured. Sam McClure reporting tonight that Ben Brown has been told by the Kangaroos he needs to look elsewhere for 2021. So with that in mind, would you want him at your club? Give me a call. Send me a text. Tell me what you think about Ben Brown. Mick's in Balan. G'day, Mick. Yeah, g'day, Jake. You're a long time, mate. Hey, nice to hear from you. Yeah, good, mate. Um, yeah, a couple of things. Um, yeah, I'm not convinced about Paul Adelaide, Adelaide either. I mean, we uh, Collingwood pretty much lost the game on Monday night with the overuse of the ball and, and, and a lot of mistakes we made. And I think uh, I think we, we, we could have actually uh, taken that game out, but we didn't. Um, and I'm, I'm a bit concerned about Collingwood's game at the moment. We're getting absolute. We, we continually get smashed in the middle 
And, you know, everyone's bragging about how good our on-ball brigade, but we continually get smashed. But one thing I do like about our... Uh, is the inclusion of uh, Elliot in the in, yeah. on, uh, on the ball. I like that. He's playing really well on the ball. And if Collingwood doesn't go after Ben Brown, I'd be uh, I'd be wondering him or Jeremy Cameron. They've got to look at one of them too because all we need is one key forward um, to complement all our small forwards, and I reckon we can get it done. Biggest no-brainer, I think, is Ben Brown to Collingwood, and, and they need a key forward desperately. And I know that the immediate argument or the immediate counter-argument will be, well, They've already got Mason Cox, and he's too tall. Maybe Mason Cox isn't in the team if Ben Brown's there. Um, they've got a great midfield. They, they did overpossess a bit on Monday night, Mick, but I reckon that was Port Adelaide's pressure that made them overpossess and handball because of how well behind the footy they're structured. But a good Collingwood team like that who uses the ball like that, with Ben Brown on the lead, to compliment Brody Majacek, Jordan Dugowie, and a couple of smalls around that, yeah, that works. I, I think Collingwood are a really, really good fit, and I think... I think they should absolutely be asking the question of him. Damien's in Hatfield. Hi, Damien. Hey, Jack. How you going, mate? I'm good, mate. Yeah, look, um, I'm a Collingwood supporter. I rang you last week. Told you we wouldn't win. We didn't. <laughs> yeah, um, you did. <laughs> and they butchered the ball, mate. They butchered it. But I think we should get go for Ben Brown, but there's only one proviso, mate. That proviso is we need to have a game plan and a structure to facilitate a goal kicking forward. No chipping and hat kicks into the forward line that get intercepted. There needs to be a game plan and stick to it. Yeah, and you got to get the ball deep and you got to get it dangerous quick. And I think the best teams this year have done that. And as I say, I called Monday night's game and it's hard we don't have the down-the-ground vision, but what I could make of it, and certainly what, what Plough was saying in, in broadcast, is that they were so structured behind the footy, Port Adelaide, that it meant that Collingwood, instead of going forward and kicking to outnumbers, because coaches really don't want players kicking to two-on-ones or 3v2s, that sort of thing, because of that, um, they had to hold up. It's almost like pulling up the handbrake. They had to wait. They had to see if they could get a, a, an open and available option ahead of the, the play. The problem is there wasn't one available because of the way Port structure up. If you were to play Mason Cox and Ben Brown in the same forward line, I've jumped ahead to next year. Cox has got to go a lot higher up the ground. And I actually think he looked pretty reasonable in a couple of games late this year when he was up the ground instead of being deep. I think the deeper he is to goal, um, the more drop-off defence that the other team are able to put on him and the more he's able to be manoeuvred under the footy. So... I like him a little bit higher up personally, but Ben Brown to Collingwood, that's a great fit. Bessie off the text says, Brown in the brown and gold. Yes, please. Uh, And another, Lee says, Patton's body bothers me greatly. Ben Brown's a free hit. Please go and get him. And this one as well from a Pies fan. Uh, EJ and Wangaratta says, I would take Ben Brown. We like to go straight down the guts. You don't always, but you should do it more. And he will give a great target and a slightly smarter footy-wise than Mason Cox to take the heat off to Goey and provide some good crumbs to others. He's another key plank of the trade period now. No doubt about that. Daryl Wakelin to join us next here on Time On. That's how we'll finish the show. On SEN, your home of sport. Time On with Jack Everett. Father and his late brother 
and his mother, who recently had heart surgery, were with him today. He said he did. Look at that. There it is. It's all over. Port Adelaide. They had the power to win. And it was very much history in the making today. My word it was, and that was the last time that they were minor premiers, and we know what happened in 2004, and there's a reminder, they go on to win the premiership. It's been a remarkable year for them, coming from outside the finals to finish the regular season on top of the table, as we've been talking about on the show tonight, and they've divided many on the on the phone and on the text of where they sit. The big question is, what happens next? Daryl Wakelin, a premiership player, part of that team in 2004, joins me tonight here on Time On. Wakes, welcome back. Good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Some good memories there. <laughs> I'll bet they are. I, uh, I enjoyed having a look at those. Um, we started the show tonight by talking about Port Adelaide and, and whether they were the, the best team in it or where people have got them ranked. One thing that can't be denied, regardless of whether you've got them ranked as the best team, second, whatever is what Ken Hinckley's been able to do with this group from last year to this year has been quite remarkable. Yeah, look, they've built a, a pretty good list over the last two or three years. As you know, um, during list management and draft, you need a little bit of luck to go your way. And um, we picked up three outstanding players two years ago. They've been, they've been class acts. They've been resilient. And um, they've really added to the experience of that group. So, yeah, all of a sudden you have this a really good blend of experience and youth um, that's, you know, they've been consistent all year. they got great durability and it seems as though the experienced guys are, are very healthy and building their health at this time of year. So that's stands everyone in good stead. I suppose you talk about that draft where they were able to attract Rosie, Dersmer and Butters all out of the one year wakes and then there was Georgie Artis obviously the, the following year as well. It's one thing the draft, the, the, the young talent, but it's another to give them the responsibility and Ken's certainly done that, hasn't he? Certainly. It's, it's spot on and um, you know, Ken's obviously always had that great relationship with the older players, that core group of players that have come through since Ken's been there and, but he's been able to they're yeah, a real father figure to them young kids coming through. They, you can just see with the way they play, they're so comfortable in that environment. And um, But that's Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide's always created a very welcoming environment that you want to be a part of. And you know, as soon as you arrive there, you have a great connection to uh, the past and, and obviously the present. As a player, what does the minor premiership mean? And we spoke about your 2004 year, but Port had had three years in a row where you are finishing on top of the table. What does it mean when you take that into finals? How do you take that momentum into finals? Yeah, it didn't really do as much in 0-2-0-3, but um, I think if you looked at 0-2-0-3, we did have a series of injuries coming into that them series. We, In 0-4, we built a lot of momentum in the back end of the year, in the last six to eight weeks. And I think... I think um, I think Port can take a lot out of the momentum they've built over the last month, albeit Burton out of the side with injury and, and Butters um, uh, with his suspension and Clurry with injury. I just felt as though the Robbie Grays, the Bokes, the guys like that coming through. I think Rosie's starting to get a bit of form. So Dixon's been terrifically consistent all year. So I just think that building... Um, but at the end of the day, you've got to go out and take that first final, uh, like we did in 04, like a lot of the good sides have been successful the last half a dozen years. You go out and take that first final, and you, 
you go in, you have a week off going into the prelim. Um, obviously, Port will have two home finals, yep. whatever way it goes. And, um, yeah, I, I think everyone's very excited. It'll be a very different Port Adelaide side coming um, out against Geelong than they did last time they played, for sure. What's the feeling? You obviously speak to a lot of guys that you won premiership with and players connected with the club and, and even just living in Adelaide. What's the feeling? Can they win it? Are they good enough to win the whole thing? Yeah, why not? I like. I just think why not. I think Geelong are. I think Geelong are vulnerable. I think um, Port. You know, really, there was Port played very poorly last time. I think they um, Geelong were really on on that night, and um, they were. Port went able to um, at least break even in the midfield, and that's. As very rarely happens with Port over the season, so I think they'll come out. They've got more depth through their midfield, I believe, than they did back then, and um, I think they've got a few more options up forward as well. Um, Clory back in, Butters back in for that final, and um, I just think why not? You know, things are lining up. I believe um, everyone thinks they're a chance. I think it's the top four. Generally, every one of them has a chance, but I think Port at home uh, gets. Um, gets every opportunity to put himself into that prelim. I know there's limited numbers, but have you got your ticket locked away for next week? Are you going along? Yes, I have. I just booked <laughs> a couple online today. Beautiful. Uh, um, I'll get the tickets for the family um, on Friday, I believe it is, um, um, to secure them. And um, yes, yeah, so I think the, the capacity is at 25,000 at Adelaide Oval on um, which will be next Thursday. So uh, pretty exciting for this town. And um, it's obviously, um, you know, it's crazy. We've had a very consistent year. I think we've obviously been able to string enough wins to just tip Brisbane for top spot. Yep. Uh, but either way, um, I think they're going very confident in their, in their ability. And I think even against Collingwood the other night, they showed that they had another gear. And... Um, with Butters and Clory to come back in, I, I think that's a really good sign. Yeah, they're very well placed, no question about it. Wakes, thanks for your time tonight. I really appreciate it. And it's, it makes for a fascinating final series and it all starts next Thursday. So enjoy the game and thanks for chatting to me tonight. Good on you, Jack. Pleasure, mate. Darren Wakeland joining us here on time on Premiership Player with Port Adelaide and part of that 2004 team. And thought it was worthwhile having a chat to him tonight about what the minor Premiership means. It's one thing to win it. It's one thing to be the best team in the competition, but it's another to then take that momentum into finals and to win. All roads lead to the final starting next Thursday night. The one thing I do know for certain is you will not miss a second of the finals action here on SEN. We will have you covered from top to bottom, and it all starts next Thursday night. Massive thanks to everyone for joining me across the show tonight. Nearly 200 texts for the hour, which is absolutely superb and appreciate all of your calls as well. I'll be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, time on as normal, and then we roll into a very special edition of the Sporting Capital. We'll have everything covered from the All-Australian, the AFL Coaches Association Awards, the Rising Star, everything happens on the one night tomorrow night. Normally we're there, normally it's at Crown and we go through all of the awards. Unfortunately, we can't be, but we still will have a fantastic night covered for you as well. So until then, stay safe. Appreciate everyone being with me. As I say, thanks to Benny for looking after things tonight as well. Look after each other. I'll see you tomorrow night.
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.